0: Good afternoon, good afternoon, and good afternoon. I am Dr. James Smith, Jr., and welcome to another, another incredible edition of the Dr. James Show. Yep, I'm going there. I'm super excited. I can't wait to share um, our guest with you today. Um, When I was in corporate, my nickname for a while was Mr. Energy. And even on the speaking circuit, motivational speaking, and doing workshops, Mr. Energy. And this Mr. Energy guy never thought he would meet someone whose energy parallels his speaking in a third person. Well, our guest today does and did. And when I met him for the first time, I was blown away. He was in charge of a department called the wow department. Most people call him Tim Killian. I call him super Tim Killian. He's the vice president of marketing communications and brand for EDA contractors. He is the bomb. He's the wow guy. He's also a good, good friend. And bring him out now and we'll have a conversation about where he's been, where he is, where he's going. Welcome. Super Tim, Killian. what's up?
1: Dr. James, how are you, buddy? Great to Man, be I'm, here.
0: I'm good. I'm, I can't believe you're still. You're actually still for a second. <laughs> what's, what's life like these days? What's going on? What's hot?
1: Well, uh, much, much different than, uh, I guess, the 15 uh, or 16 years ago when you met me. So uh, <laughs> life takes many turns, uh, and there's been a lot of good ones uh, over the last few years. I'm um, recording, uh, having two kids now, so you might see a receding hairline and some- bri- <laughs> Don't some blame it on the kids. On. <laughs> <laughs> now I have two uh, great kids, uh, Aiden who will be four next month and Ashton who will be turning eight months in just a few days. And uh, uh, Bridget, my wife, she's still married to me. She has, uh, <laughs> you know. Head for the hills. Or kick- where, where, where's, her, where's her hairline
0: because of that? Ah, you know what? She
1: still looks as great as ever. Come on. She's married to me. How bad? Is, right?
0: <laughs> I remember the first time I saw you go. I think it was at Commerce. I came in to observe an onboarding, new hire onboarding training. Yeah. Traditions. I, like, traditions. Yeah, And I said, I want to I see this guy in action. I've heard so much about him when that session was over. I was tired, and I was just (laughs) observing your your energy for the entire eight hours, including jumping up on top of the table. I'm like, this guy is the truth.
1: You remember those days? Yeah, and when you love what you do, um, it's easy for your passion to show through. Um, I had a great opportunity. It was a great start to my career at Commerce Bank, um, and they let me just uh, run wild with it, and we had an awesome culture it was a fantastic company and a lot of great people there. And, you know, look, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it well. And I want to represent the organization, um, the company, um, or myself, or my family as best as possible. And uh, Traditions was a fantastic first day uh, orientation class, new hires of all levels. And it was unlike any other class. Um, you know, it wasn't your typical orientation class. If you think about orientation, it was... Hey, fill out a bunch of paperwork, watch a sexual harassment video from the 1970s and then go <laughs> and bring HR to come in and talk about comp and
0: benefits and all yeah, that stuff. Th-
1: this was the opposite. This was really laying out the red carpet for all of our new employees and letting them know, Hey, this is who we are. And if, if that works for you, great. If it doesn't, that's okay too. Okay as well. But this is who we are as commerce. And um, for me, I wanted people to wa- leave that classroom and say, wow, this is a, this is awesome. You know, this is a great place to work. And I also wanted them to say, wow, that's the best trainer I ever had. Yeah. So I wanted to continue to raise that bar. And uh, it, was a, it was a great time.
0: Tim, we're going to encourage people to put their thoughts, their questions in the chat room. And I'll be taking a look and bringing their voice in as well. But tell me about your journey to commerce. I don't know that story. And Sure. The wow department, who comes up with the wow <laughs> department? And the third question, so journey to commerce,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the wow department, and were you in charge with creating the wow for the, for the organization and the wow for traditions, or were you given a playbook?
1: Sure, sure. So uh, the story goes, I graduated college. I went to Marymount University down in Ellington, Virginia. Um, I love D.C., went there uh, for an eighth grade trip for three days, and when I was looking for colleges, I was like, I wanted to go to D.C. or it was like Florida. I wanted to go somewhere where it was warm. Um, I got the best deal, uh, practically almost a free ride to go to Marymount. Mm-hmm. I down there, had a great time, and uh, graduated, and I was looking for a job. I had a temp- did, did you have Did
0: you have a really great time? It was all books. Did
1: you party a little bit? <laughs> I wish I partied more. I mean, I did all right for myself. Don't get me wrong, but I, I wish I uh, enjoyed it more. I, I was really okay. focused on graduating in four years and, and, and being involved in a ton of things, and, and I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. But I wish I did enjoy myself because people did tell you, and you hear this old adage, it goes, time goes fast, and, and college is going to go faster than high school, and it's different than high school. I thought high school went fast. College went even faster. So um, I, I did my fair share. I did okay, but <laughs> I wish I did it some more. So I graduated. I was looking for a job. I had a, a temp to hire position at Sendent Mortgage in the HR department and staffing. Um, that was my degree. I had a business degree with an HR specialty. And uh, so I was still looking for jobs. And one night on... Uh, uh excuse me I'll take a step back a friend of mine worked for commerce so as I'm reaching out to anyone I know someone I went to high school with she worked at commerce and I said hey Barb tell me tell me more about it and she goes on to tell me that she works for the wow department I said what the heck is that what are you talking about
0: how did that land on you when you heard she's in charge of the wow department
1: well she was working there and and I said well I said, what are you talking about? What is that? And then she said, well, basically, commerce has a customer service culture department. That's what it's all about. You know, that's what commerce is all about. And basically, she's like, look, when we have a grand opening, you know, we get to go to New York and open up these new stores. It's a big grand opening party. And she explained all these cool benefits, all these great things they did, talked about the wow awards and all this fun stuff. And I said, that's at a bank. Uh, Are you serious? So she said, yeah, so I gave her my resume. Uh, and then shortly after that, um, you know, and I had some interviews, but they had a job fair. So one night on my way home from Send a Mortgage, I stopped at the Crown Plaza Hotel on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Exactly. It happens to be, fast forward, where my wife and I uh, had our wedding reception.
0: Um, <laughs> We're gonna um, talk about bridge real
1: soon. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you would. And um, I showed up there and they said, well, what are you interested in? I said, well, HR. Um, uh, they, they have this management development program I asked about that and I said or the wow department well they looked at me they're like oh, what do you mean the what, what do you how do you know about the wow department I said well I mean I, I know a friend who, who works there and she said that it would be a great fit for me so it happened to be that the, the the manager of the department the vice president of the department was there at the job fair so mm-hmm. the interview with him and at the end of the interview um so he said to me he said listen Tim he's like I don't know what, what job you're going to get, but we're gonna find a job for you. We want you at commerce. And I said, Oh, sounds good to me, you know. Um, fast forward a couple of days, um, did a couple interviews, I did an interview, they called me back for another one, and I thought it was gonna be a second interview, and it turned out to be a job offer.
0: Ooh,
1: Enough, I get the job offer during my lunch break, because I went there on my lunch break and I was at Sendent. it was right down the street. I get back to Sendit Mortgage that afternoon. They offer me a full-time job the same day. So now I went from nothing to having two choices, offers on the table. And they both were great companies. But I went the commerce route because of the the, the diversity of what I was going to be doing. So I was going to be doing a little bit of everything. At Send it. it was strictly staffing. Um, and I liked it, but it wasn't really... It, there's no passion in it. Like it wasn't driving me, but at the opportunity to do a little bit of everything in this this, this wow department really appealed to me. So I took the job with, with commerce. Question for
0: you in that, during that align the same lines we're going, you got an opportunity where you could be you. Yes. There are so many people who say I'm one way at work and I'm one way at home, but Tim Killian, got an opportunity to bring Tim Killian to work every single day, heart, body, and soul to impact the corporate culture. What was that like for you? And did it feel like a job or like a joy?
1: Well, you know, something really, it showed me during that that job fair when I met with the the head of the WOW department at the time when he said, look, you know, your personality, you know, and your skill set—that's what we want. He said we want, you know. And when he said that we're going to find a job, I don't know what what job it's going to be, but we want you at Commerce. That said something to me. I was like, oh, all right, because I didn't have that discussion with anyone else that I've interviewed with. And then when I showed up there, and they basically said, hey, you can write your own ticket here. Um, be you, have fun. And then when I went through traditions, and that same person who hired me—it was John Manning at, at, at Commerce—he taught the class and. I sat there and I said, wow, this is amazing. And I saw his personality uh, show through and he's like, look, you're gonna be teaching this class too. So have that. And then all the the uniqueness uh, of of what commerce brought in terms of customer service, um, in terms of getting rid of those banking hours and being open seven days a week and the free lollipops and coin counting and all that stuff that they did showed that we wanted to be different. And John always reminded me, hey, have fun, be yourself and run with it. And that's what I did. And, and time and time again, you know, at my reviews and stuff like that, they just kept giving me the green light, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, and, you know, people were responding to it. So it was, uh, it was a lot of hard work to get me wrong. We were growing company and so forth. But when I was in the classroom, or I was doing a special event or running, you know, running a project, it was me just being me, and them allowing that and recognizing how, um they can utilize my talents and how i can utilize this flat p- platform to really create an experience for our employees and our customers so that's what it was all about wow the whole concept of wow going back to your, your original yeah. question, is it's all about creating an experience for the customer and that the, when you hear a customer you think about that external but for me majority of my job was for the internal customer the employees and when I got there, Wow was already established um, in terms of you know they give me a playbook. There were certain parameters and things, but we were doubling our size every couple of years, so we had to continue to refine and adjust. And they allowed me to do that and take the lead with a lot of that, including when Commerce became t- TD, and we brought two very distinct cultures. Yeah, to, you know your typical bank at TD Bank North to the the opposite of a bank Commerce, and figuring how we can kind of mold everyone together.
0: So essentially, you were creating internal customer experiences where it's not just a job. It was an experience. When I teach my courses now for Temple, I always say, this isn't a class. This is going to be a 15-week experience. What goes into creating experiences so that you can shape or change a corporate's culture
1: well one it's first it's never about you it's about who's going to be in front of you and wanting them and to walk out of there and realize that one they've made a great decision two that they can trust to be themselves that they can trust that the company is there to support and help them but there's many many layers to it Um, You know, culture is such a a buzzword thrown all the way around. And a lot of companies, you know, over my time, you know, would ask me to come in and speak or consult. And basically, it was, hey, come in and do what you do, you know, for a couple hours or a half a day. And, you know, everything is going to be fine, because they're going to love you. And it was like, "No, no, 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 this isn't just a dog and pony show. Like, you have to be committed to it from the values of the organization, from the bottom to the top and the top to the bottom, and all has to be infused in everything you do. You can't have a great customer service platform or experience for the external, but then treat your internal customers, your employees, terribly. That It does not connect. So you really have to drill in of what do you want to be as an organization? Yeah. Hands down. What is it that you want to be? Is it you want to be extremely aggressive alpha, like drive for every last penny at at all costs? Okay, that's the culture you're choosing. You're going to recruit that type of personality, and it's full-fledged. If you want to be a more family atmosphere where people can be more comfortable and genuine and be themselves, well, then that has to be in alignment from the minute they experience your website, the minute they experience your HR rep, to the people who are hiring, the interview process, the onboarding process, um, you know how people do their jobs, the values of the organization. That all has to be in alignment. It can't be, oh, we're gonna be this type of company today for this, but tomorrow, now we're gonna go this route. You send mixed messages, then people don't know what's up or down, and then they become uncomfortable, untrusting, and they're looking over the shoulder because they don't know what the flavor of the month is going to be. And that's what happens time and time again with organizations and companies. There's a flavor of the month that someone reads something in the Harvard Business Review or sees something on the internet, or a friend of a friend says, Oh, we do this now. And then they try to kind of shoehorn that into what they have existed. And you don't have anything. What you have is confusion. And there's no um, realness, there's no genuineness. Um, and how can anyone buy into something if it's ever changing? Because there's no solid base.
0: That's good. That's good. You have me thinking why some of the organizations had challenges switching to a virtual workplace. Because if they didn't have the chemistry when they were live, they weren't going to have the chemistry from a distance.
1: Yep. And if you are, for instance, want to lead by fear or your culture is you have to be at your desk handcuffed. Eight to five every day, doing your job every minute can account for. You can never work from home. There's no flexibility. And now everything shuts down. In order for your business to to have a chance, you need to have a remote workforce over the past year, you know, plus. Well, how's that going to work? Yeah. How's that going to work? Because- when your boss or manager or the leadership can see you every day at your office. And if you're sitting at your desk, that means you're doing your job. Um, Now you're at home, can't see that. So then what does that feel like? What does that look like? So then people who are now stressed because of the pandemic and worried about losing their job or their spouse could be, or the kids going to school or their grandmother or grandfather, mother or father getting COVID. And now they're like, well, now I gotta be handcuffed to my desk at home or the kitchen table the dogs barking the kids kids crying what am i supposed to do oh my boss is checking in on messenger to see to make sure that i'm there how do you function like that there needs to be some trust and a little give but to your point if that isn't already solidified you're making your life exponentially harder now on the flip side of that as i said if the culture was hey every minute of every day you're driving 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 Okay, well, same expectations there at home, but when is enough enough? When does that burn people out? When does that get people to say, I can't do this anymore? Or when do they start to turn on you or the organization, which you don't want?
0: There's a comment in the chat room I think is pretty good. It says, what a great experience at Commerce Bank. When I started at the SCB Bank, after six months, you were invited for a tea with the C-suite, not so much, wow. Wow. And I believe the comment is from one of our friends who lives and works in Sweden. So you oh. got Sweden here today providing their thoughts. I have uh, did my research, and I saw some of the places you guys went to to celebrate employees achievement. There was Radio City Music Hall, the Philadelphia Kimmel Center Performing Arts, the Academy of Music. The Beacon Nikovia the Theater in New York. What? You guys can just go around the corner or, or rent <laughs> a college auditorium. You guys went big. What went into that thinking?
1: It was all about standing out, and being different, and showing the appreciation for all our employees that, hey, your hard work. We worked hard and played hard at commerce, but ultimately it was. We're not just this small bank from South Jersey that when we initially went to New York, a lot of the New York big banks thought, and it was, we're going to make make a name for ourselves through our our service, you know, through the experience. Oh, and by the way, we treat our our employees just as well as our customers. And when we celebrate, we're going to celebrate big. So there I am on stage at Radio (laughs) City Music Hall multiple times, emceeing the WOW Awards. Doing just, a,
0: can you do us a, a little intro? Just a little bit of what you would do. Just, just give it a tag. <laughs> give it a tag. Give, give us the opening of one of the WoW Awards at Radio City Music Hall. Uh, Mic right, check. Mic check. Five, four, three, two, one.
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and wowers of all ages, welcome to the WOW Awards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my man, what was that like for you? All the big venues.
1: I'm standing on stage of the of Radio City Music Hall where the, the celebrities and greats of all ages have performed, where the Rockets are kicking their legs up, where the MTV Video and Music Awards are held, and, and here I am standing in front of, you know, five, six, seven thousand people, and I'm working. <laughs> I'm working, right? Like... It was, it was, you know, and and we could point to the Wow Awards, you know, which we did every year, and it was amazing. But there were so much smaller things that led up to that in terms of all the uh, reward and recognition programs we did. But the Wow Awards is really was the pinnacle, you know. It was a mixture of a political convention uh, of the Oscars, the Emmys, kind of all, all roll, you know, all rolled wow. in. But it was really for us to celebrate the best of the best of our employees in terms of the best tellers and CSRs and store managers and retail market managers and, and consumer loan uh, uh, folks. I mean, it was our way of saying, hey, thank you. We're going to have some fun. Um, and, and you know what? The other thing too is this wasn't like during the workday. This was like on the weekend or at night. So people were taking a couple hour bus ride back and forth and they wanted to. You know, and there was all kinds of different surprises and celebrities that pop up and giveaways and, and so forth, Um, but it really truly was a a big hug to the organization. Mm. Thank you for everything that you're doing. We want you to grow with us. We're not growing without you. And by the way, yes, we recognize you, you're working hard, but we want to have some fun too. And Here's in a very big boisterous way of us saying, thank you. Huge. Oh, by the way, Jim, no one else was doing that (laughs) bank, very little, any other company was doing it. But uh, you know, that we had the big red sea on the marquee of radio city music hall. Like people were driving by wondering what the heck's going on. And when they found out we were a bank, it was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And then that created a buzz, but ultimately, when customers or potential customers walked into any one of our stores, it looked different. It felt different. We treated you different. And that's what it, came, what it came down to. Please join us in our conversation.
0: Tim Killian, Super Tim, I call him, has always done things in a big way. So, comments, questions in the chat room, we'll get to them. All right, Tim, I've, I've followed your career from commerce to Chief Smart to EDA where you are now. I've always known you to be big, to be wow, to create huge experiences for people. So I think I know you, or I thought I knew you well. 2019, I'm on the road, I'm driving home. I have to get through Penn to get to Mount Laurel. I come to a stop sign and I see this billboard of Tim Killian running for mayor of Pensacola, and you're there billboard with your running mate. omg tim is running for mayor and we're going to show a picture of you taking taking your mayoral oath so i want you to describe what's going on here how you were feeling what you were thinking what was that day like for you what did it feel what were you thinking
1: um well, what I was thinking is, make sure I get the oath right. And not that, that's what I was really thinking.
0: <laughs> who's, 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 who's in the picture? Is that I, Bridget? I see your beautiful yeah, wife, Bridget.
1: That's my wife, Bridget. And that's my son, Aiden. He was helping me hold the Bible that I uh, had my left hand on. And that's Judge Maloney, who was swearing me in. Uh, yeah, so the first thing in my head is, don't screw this up. Um, <laughs> the, second, the second thing was, um, you know, ultimately the responsibility and uh, of the office and the trust of, of the residents of Pensauken. Um, I had a front row seat for 20 years of my father. Um, he was on township committee and uh, the way we're set up just to give everyone a background because it's a little bit different. You know, Philadelphia has a strong mayor form of government where you elect the mayor, it's every four years for, for the most part, um, and they are the figurehead for the, the town, the, the city or so forth. In Penzalkin, um, we have a five-member township committee that five of us govern the township, and it's in a part-time position. And essentially, we rotate the mayor position each year because all five of us have, par- have full-time jobs. And being on committee or being a mayor is essentially a full-time, part-time job. So wow. wear are on you and, and, you know, ultimately, you know there's five of you so people everyone gets a chance at it and so forth uh if they so choose um, but it's a huge responsibility um so for 20 years i had a front row seat of watching my father lead the town as mayor seven times and being on committee for 20 years um he retired and so you know, for many years um i was in the background and Ooh. i was running campaigns i was head of the local political <laughs> organization. I, uh, you know, did a lot of different things behind the scenes. And, um, you know, when he retired, his seat opened up. And, you know, not because of my name, but truly because of the work that I was doing for many years since I graduated college and I would even say even prior to that, because when I was a kid, I was knocking on people's doors, <laughs> stuff up on, 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 on doing door knockers and hanging door knockers up. And But you weren't
0: selling lemonade and water yeah, ice and shining shoes.
1: You were out in, canvassing. <laughs> yeah, putting pe- signs on people's lawns and so forth, even before my dad was involved, when, when he was a county committee member. Um, so when I was asked... Uh, uh, if I was be interested in throwing my name in the hat, you know it was an honor. There was a legacy that my dad has created. Um, and you know, I, I talked about years ago, you know, my brother is a teacher there in, in, in town. My other brother was as a cop. I, and my father was you know involved in politics. So we have one leading, one teaching and one protecting the town. And I always really um, you know, looked up to all of them. And I, my path went to the private sector. So now I'm coming back and, and being asked to throw my name in the hat and went through the process. And they said, "Hey, we want you to, you know, to fill the vacancy and, and then run for the term." Um, so it was just, it was, it was humbling, it, it, an honor. Um, literally every day last year, prior to the pandemic, and then when things opened up a little bit, where I would come into my office here in Ben Salem at EDA when I would drive over the Betsy Ross bridge, you know, the weight of the office, uh, you know, you look at it, it's like, Hey, it's, you know, people are looking to me as the mayor uh, to have answers and, and and looking for me to, to make their lives a little bit better um, than it it was yesterday. So true, truly an honor Mm. Um, in the back of my mind, you know, from way back when, I always thought I'd go into politics, but as life happens, it wasn't happening. And and I was okay with doing the stuff behind the scenes and we uh, really enjoyed helping and supporting my dad because I knew his heart was in it and he cared a lot about the town and, and the residents and it was great to see that for people to see that the father that I had now try to help out so many others um, and then he said hey I'm it's time for me to to, to retire mm. and there and it's like hey how can I continue that legacy but also build my own and to make life better for, for the residents.
0: You mentioned that one of the major things that was on your mind was saying the right words, not getting it messed up, making sure my what I shared during the swearing in was exactly what he wanted. Well, we heard your version of it. Let's see the actual swearing in. Let's take a look. Wait, what? Where?
1: <laughs> I took Killian to the Square. It's only square. And I will support of the Constitution, the Constitution of, the of the United States and the Constitution and the Constitution. I will bear true faith and I will bear true faith and allegiance and allegiance to the same government established. established in the United States in the United States and in this state and in this state the under the authority of the people I do further, further solemnly swear. Further solemnly swear. That I will faithfully and and partially and, and justly. Perform all the duties, perform all the duties of the, the office the of the mayor, of the mayor, so of off the head The best of my ability, so to the best of my ability so to help me God, to help
0: me get yeah. on I didn't know you had that. Come oh. on, oh, man. We do what we do, okay? Yeah. We tell the story. Now having seen it again, <laughs> what what feelings, what memories did it conjure up?
1: Just, just very proud. I mean, I've lived in, in Pensacola my whole life. And now to be in that position that the residents, that township committee trusted me in leading um, the township. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's humbling. It's, you're, you're proud, you, you know, you're very proud, you know there you're a little scared too i'm not gonna lie to be fully transparent and real because it's like hey this is real this is happening um and also it's like hey let's get going let's do this like let's you know i love the town i i, lo- I, I you know that's why i still live there and you know there's an excitement and, 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 and an energy of all right now with my vision combined with township committee you know, where can we take this? You know, there's a lot of good, but there's a lot of opportunity in town. And you know, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. <laughs> I would say you have a part, you know, for any naysayers, you could change their minds. For the people who support you, you could solidify that, and you can make life better for someone. And and that is at the the, the true heart of me is I, I I've talked to some friends lately and you know, going back to high school and college. I'm seeing the pattern. I'm seeing the pattern. There's been a pattern. And, and, and honestly, being here at EDA was the right fit for me um, four years ago. Uh, last week, I celebrated my four-year anniversary, was that this organization led by Ed DeAngelis, he wants to make people's lives better. And to have a part in that in my professional life and now my political life as well, um, you can't beat it. You really can't
0: making people's lives better. And that's what I've seen throughout the duration of our friendship. It, it even when, when I stopped and saw the billboard, your running mate jumped out at me too. It was a black guy, a brother. And you have always wrapped your arms around diversity for forever. And it just seemed natural. I think I would have been surprised if it wasn't because you just seem to build relationships sincere relationships with just about everyone who comes in your path.
1: Well, thank you. I gotta give all that credit to my parents. Um, we grew up on 49th Street in Pensalkan and it was a very diverse uh, neighborhood um, when new neighbors moved in around the corner. Um, and you know, it was a, it was a young uh, African-American family with a young daughter and son. And my dad said hey their first day of school you're walking to school with them you know
0: Ooh.
1: um you know my family uh, you know is is diverse you know especially on my father's side we have a little bit of everything it's a copy <laughs> <part> of, <laughs> of, of backgrounds and so forth but it truly is my parents and and honestly pensalkin it's been uh, one of the strengths of 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 our town is our diversity and for me it's about it doesn't you know it's so cliche i know you know it doesn't matter what you look like it's the type of person you are but ultimately if you're a good person and i like being around you i don't care if you're black white spanish yellow green blue whatever it is like if you're a good person you're a good person and you treat everyone the right way and and if you do that that's going to be reciprocated but when instilled in you when i went to saint cecilia's and, and our uh, principal miss flannery taught us, you know, about the Beatitude attitude, and, and I'm sitting there next to a, a Spanish girl and a black guy and an Asian guy, you know, and a white girl, like, it's a little bit of everything. Like, that's what, that's just normal to me, you know? And then in terms of my running mate and so forth, is about, hey, let's find the best people for, for Pennsylvania, right? And if they look different than me, great, because we want to reflect the town, right? And ultimately, you know, I'm very proud of what our current committee um, looks like right now. We have our first African American female um, who just got on. We have our first Hispanic male who is on. Um, we have a our first Hispanic and um, uh, Middle Eastern deputy mayor, female. So, um, you know, then we have the mayor currently, he's Italian, you know, and I'm a little Italian and Irish.
0: So. <laughs> no, your brother, your brother, your <laughs> brother. <laughs> so,
1: the,
0: the, now, here's who the question has, there. The question that ties into what we're talking about it says, mm-hmm. how can we lower the trend of growing tension and polarization that we see out here? How can we lower the trend? of the growing tension and the polarization that exists.
1: First, I think everybody just needs to take a deep breath. We need to just kind of reset a little bit because these paths that we're going on, going down, it's scary, it's disappointing, and it's sad that it's 2021. And the the, the images that you're seeing on TV and on the internet are kind of coming back full circle from 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years ago. I mean, come on, man. We all bleed. We're all one, right? Like, yeah, we might look different. We might have different backgrounds and perspectives on things, but come on, we're all people. How do we tamper it down? I think we got to start seeing each other as people with two eyes and two ears and a nose and a mouth and a heart instead of blue or democrat or republican or, or 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 this or that it is just it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking cuz you know i have two little ones and it's like what is this going to look like over the next few years it's scary it's scary like we have to be better we have to be better stop like we got to stop with the color of the skin or someone talks a little bit different than me like stop being scared of each other like embrace it yeah embrace the difference because essentially that's what this country was really built on anyway
0: yeah
1: oh and as we evolve but in so many ways people are are too quick to try to put someone down or disregard or to push away instead of trying to listen and understand and see how we can come together Mm -hmm. it's that hard it truly isn't that hard we were making it harder People are actively choosing to be ignorant to each other for no reason. Not everything is political, nor should it be. And we're just people. We're just people. And I just hope that I don't know what it's going to take, honestly, um, for that to happen. Um, I'm kind of scared because we've had some really big events over the last few years that, should bring people together to say, okay, let's, let's take a breath here and, and, and let's, let's reset everything to where we can be all on the same page. And we're all, not everything's gonna be cupcakes and rainbows, nor do I, do am I that naive to think that. But it doesn't need to be this severe, this visceral, and this vicious. Think
0: about the severity, it being visceral and vicious. What was your reaction when you saw that lieutenant in the military, um, get the pepper spray in the eye when he was pulled over. He's How did that land on you?
1: Our country. He enlisted in the military to protect us so we could have all these freedoms. So you and I could sit here like this through Zoom, right? And you see the fear in his face. You hear the calmness that says, hey, look, just please tell me what I'm doing, You're wrong." And look, I'm not trying to indict everyone or anything, but we got to just understand that a lot of people are in a tough spots here. Police, I have a brother who's a cop, I have family members, and I know where his heart is and so forth. But look, there are some bad actors out there that are police. We've seen it. There are bad criminals too. So let's forget that. There are criminals that are bad who are, are looking to do bad things. So let's understand that. But um, if we are keeping the, the level at 10 all the time in everything we're doing, everything we're doing, those visions, you know, uh, video images that we see in that and in so many other things are going to continue to escalate. And it's just going to become even more complete chaos. Like there are good people on every, you know, or, you know, there are good, a lot of good people out here. There are some bad people. I'm not, let's not be naive. <laughs> right. But if we are all at this high stress, chaotic level on everything we do, when someone you go to, to a restaurant and they, your dish comes out and the steak is overcooked or the chicken isn't, and you flip out, yes. <laughs> they're trying to kill you or they're, what are we doing? People make mistakes. There are issues, the things that we got to take care of. But if we're not going to be honest about it all, yeah. it's a problem. And if we are continuing being at this high level of stress across the board in everything, um, we're setting ourselves for for failure.
0: We are. Individually, organizationally, and as for from a country standpoint. Yes. Tim, I want to just pull over a little and and move into a segment of the show that we call The Hot Seat. With The Hot Seat, you're already sitting down, which is good, I'm gonna give you a word. And I want you to talk to think, rather than thinking to talk, which means, what's the first word, singular, that comes to mind when you hear that word? I ask in between eight, give you eight to 10 words. But when I give you the first word, don't go, "Mm." no, 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 you're thinking. (laughs) No no thinking, just go for it. Here we go. All right. Killian, you're now on the hot seat. Your first word, family.
1: My heart, it's everything. Um, One word, one word, one word. Oh, I'm sorry, one word, I followed the... That, that, that mayor's coming out, got to explain
0: <laughs> everything. <laughs> so the first word was family, you said heart. heart. How about diversity?
1: You're thinking, you're thinking. Everything, everything. Trust. Paramount. Togetherness. Always. Wow. My livelihood. <laughs> <laughs> the future. Excited.
0: EDA contractors.
1: Genuine.
0: Bridget Killian. My love. Ooh.
1: Leadership. Challenging. Philadelphia sports fans. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tim you are off the hot seat off the hot seat good job good job I want to go you mentioned something earlier about your family you talked about your mom your dad your brothers you talked about your family and earlier you talked about your children and your wife I know family plays a paramount role in your life talk to us about your family, and then talk to us about how do we get here? How do we get here?
1: Sure. So I'm one of five. Um, I have an older brother, a younger brother, and two younger sisters. And I know I haven't mentioned those two, but
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, they were going to get you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> a teacher um, and, and a coach and loves children and, and has been amazing uh, her whole career with, with kids. And then the youngest, oh, it's Kim, the youngest, Kelly, is uh, a coach at University of Penn, women's basketball. Uh, both of them were better athletes. I can't believe I'm saying this publicly. <laughs> Me and my two brothers um, and uh, were just amazing in, in, in basketball and soccer and so forth. Um, so I'm one of five, my parents, so one of eight and one of nine. So I've known nothing but big families my entire life. And, um, you know, a lot of around family and, you know, being one of five, you know, we were our own, our own starting five, essentially growing up. And it's all about uh, looking out for your brother and sister and, um, and ultimately, look, you know, it, if uh, me and my brothers, especially my younger brother, Mike, we would go at it all, you know, we were a year and a half apart. So we fought more than any. And,
0: and you took a loss every time, right?
1: <laughs> uh, well, he'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got really good because he was always stronger than me, hitting him and just running. He could never catch me. So that was always good. Um, but those relationships, so my older brother, I was able to watch him and watch what he did well and wanted to do better than that. So because he was my big brother, so I wanted to do better. And then watch what he did wrong. And between you and me, you know, he might have did a few things wrong there. I watched what he did and anytime my dad or mom yelled at him, and I would just do the opposite. And then I was pretty good, you know so um and and for me uh, growing up and coming back from school you know sports was, was big my whole life you know and you know my parents were always running us all over the place um one of the reasons why i moved back to 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 Pensacola was to coach my sisters in basketball wow. I recognized talent and those two were really good so i helped coach their uh their, their grade school team and we won back-to-back champions in the <laughs> the cyo league
0: again again working to make someone else's life better
1: yeah
0: to tell and, me the, the tim and bridget story bridget a former philadelphia Eagles cheerleader all right smooth operator how'd
1: you do that i don't know i kind of think she was blind and uh, i don't know they bad bad taste i, I don't know like um so i met bridget um so i would teach the first orientation class traditions um every new employee came through and and I pretty much during my career taught it more than anyone I taught I think when I left uh, commerce and TD I think I taught over 12,000 people myself so she was one of those but she was one that really stood out as she came walking down the hallway as I stood outside the door to greet everyone as they arrived and her blonde ponytail kind of playing this big you know playing in the air and her big smile and I was like oh she's this is nice right and, and, then my, and then you walked over to
0: her and you said hey babe do fries come with that shake <laughs> <laughs> no you didn't use that
1: one <laughs> that one so the class started and um you know i noticed that she was might have taken them my humor and my jokes at times um and during one of the icebreaker exercises uh we did something called a group resume where everyone puts down one Fact about them that people would not necessarily know, not like where you worked before, you know, or something like that, or that you have, you know, something different or unique about you. Well, and you don't put your name, so you just write it on there and put it on there, and then you do a little interaction, guessing game, all that. Well, anyway, on this big group resume hanging on the wall, it said Philadelphia Eagles cheerleader. Uh, like, hmm. So I'm like, I wonder, I wonder. So it came out that it was it was her. So long story short with all that, we became very good friends. Uh, but even before that, actually, um, after class, she asked to stay for detention. She wanted to stay after. Oh, bridge so, is so, uh, too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> now nah, she, uh, I'm just kidding. She actually wor- uh, worked in the same building as me and we became friends and kind of hit it off. And one thing led it led to another. Uh, we started dating and uh, we got married. So um, we got married um, in 2008 um, and getting to the whole family thing. Um, you know, we talk about ups and downs in your life uh, for seven years, for over seven years, uh, four different doctors, um, many IVFs and IUIs and you name it with fertility. Um, we went through it and specifically my wife um, and, uh, we, we couldn't have a kid. Um, you know, like I said, we went to four doctors. It was finally the fourth doctor, um, finally, uh, explained to us what was happening. The previous three doctors, and if anyone's out there, it's going through infertility. You're not alone. It's more common than, than I thought that anyone thinks it, um, it's, it's, it's be a blunt, it, it sucked. It really, sorry, I, but it, I mean, it, it, it hits you at your core when, You're trying and you want something so bad and you can't do it and there's nothing you could do about it. The first three doctors just said it was something called unexplained infertility, which would blow my mind. I'm saying we're spending all this time, energy and money and you have all these degrees on the wall and you can't tell us why this can't happen. Finally, the fourth doctor did. He recognized what was going on, made a couple tweaks and. uh, She did get pregnant unfortunately much like a lot of times uh, a lot of folks we lost the babies it was the twins unfortunately and that was rough and the doctor said no we got you pregnant it worked it worked to so stay with us and um we believed in them, and we did and and Bridget said I'll go through it once and what people don't realize the amount of uh, medication shots and things that you have every day I was giving her at least one needle every day wow. uh, to help with the hormones and all kinds of stuff i'm not going to go into all the details and this was the last shot and if it didn't work it didn't work Ooh. thinking about looking at adoption and so forth and it worked and it brought us aiden um and uh, and she bridget wanted to uh, you know afterwards you know after some time she said hey look i want to try to have a brother or sister for you know wow she- you know, but really wanted a girl, you know, I, <laughs> a, a little princess because Bridget has one sister. She's like, I can't imagine growing up without my sister. And I said, listen, there were some times growing up, I wish I was the only child, <laughs> five. but I said, Hey, look, you're the one truly that has to go through it. You know, my job is to support you and you know, you, your body has to go through all this. You have to go through all the medication and the, the blood work and the shots. And she said, I want to give it one more shot. And we did. And we got lucky again on, you know, Essentially, we did. I think it was. Uh, Aiden was number uh, not number nine, and Ash was number ten with in vitro fertilization, which is a you know whole big process or whatnot. Amazing,
0: and, like, amazing. So so you we have, have our
1: family. Yeah,
0: you and Bridge have the two two yeah. angels. That certainly was a miracle. Yes. a miracle at home. However, you're featured in a book called "A Miracle at Work."
1: Mavericks at work, Mavericks at work. Mavericks at work, Mavericks
0: at work. Mavericks yeah, yeah. At work. And I'm here at Mavericks at work. We're going to put a, a picture of the book cover, Mavericks at Work. And tell us what went into this and, and why did they choose you? Talk to us.
1: This is uh, my ba- my days back at Commerce. And, um, you know, I, I was doing a lot of the training with traditions and a lot of the different WOW well events and MCing and hosting and different programs for our employees and at times customers and so forth. And the authors um, were really impressed with Commerce Bank and how we were going the opposite direction of what we used to call the herd, which was all those other banks that were only open Monday through Friday from nine till three and all that. You know, the typical bankers hours and so forth with the, paint, the, the pens attached to the desk. They recognized that Commerce was the complete opposite of that. So, they were doing a deep dive into commerce and everything commerce. Um, so, they featured the then, you know, the founder and the CEO, of Vernon Hill, uh, Dennis DeFlorio, who headed, who oversaw the whole retail operation and so forth. And they tapped me on the shoulder because of my work with WOW, with customer service and so forth. And they recognized, I guess, what I was doing. And um, they thought that it was really, something that differentiated ourselves. And I guess my goofy personality and energy (laughs) um, did as well. So they asked if I would participate in being interviewed for the book. Um, And I said, sure. Why? I never thought I'd be in a book. So I said, yeah. And um, I interviewed with them and the book came out and my name's in print. So
0: blown away. You're VP of marketing, communications and branding. How has that how has that line of work changed from your previous line of work?
1: So it's very simple. EDA um, and Ed DeAngelis so are the owner and the president gives us all an opportunity to kind of challenge ourselves and explore other opportunities and to kind of take a chance and take a risk. Um, they, Ed hired me as a the culture director here uh, four years ago, which in construction, there's nothing remotely even close to that. People thought he was crazy. Thought he was, it was a waste of money. Can't believe that he, he was spending energy and resources and money on culture in general, let alone to hire someone to do so, as well as all the other things he does for the employees. But truly, when, when I interviewed with him, the one thing that stuck out for me and why, why I decided to come over, he said to me, Tim, this ain't about the money anymore for me. He's like, the money will come. He said, I want my employees to be happy and I want their families to be happy. He said, that's what I'm trying to build here. He said, the money, the work will come as long as people enjoy working here, have fun working here and go home and share that experience and be in a good mood. And because the stereotypes about construction, some of them are true, you know, it is intense. It is crazy. It's over the top at times. There's a lot of pressure and there's a whole bunch connected to that. He wanted to alleviate that. Wow. So he brought me on for that, you know, culture director. And as Ed does, he keeps challenging you. And after a few months, he said, hey, I want you to take, you know, I want you to oversee marketing, get involved with marketing. Well, first for marketing, I said, all right, let's just let me get the culture stuff straight. Right. And then he was like, so he took, I took that. He's like, look, I want you to take on some HR as well. So then I was doing HR and a little bit of marketing and, and the culture. Um, and then ultimately after doing that for a while, he said, Hey, you know, I you have a skill set and, and a talent and a passion for marketing, for communicating and, and for the brand. And the brand took me all the way back to commerce. It was really drilled, the brand is paramount, in what that represents. So he said, I want you to head up all of marketing, all of communications, and I want you to protect the brand, you know, and, and, and to represent and share what EDA really means. So, so based based, based on, on what bus, we've
0: seen, you're, you're doing a phenomenal job at that. We've seen pictures of you with the softball team, pictures of you at Christmas celebrations, picture of you with, a
1: dump, yes. a <laughs>
0: <laughs> pictures of you opening gifts and everything. There's just a whole lot that you are bringing to the organization that's helping to create that experience for for everyone. And again, we're just highlighting, showing pictures of you with those those ducks.
1: Make a wish, at Jim, uh, uh, Dr. Dr. James, sorry. Um, this past Friday, if anyone saw 3, 6, 10 or Fox 29, we did a Make-A-Wish. Um, the picture is from a few years ago for a kid named Nicholas who wanted to be a construction worker for, for the day. And it mm. was my best day of work I've ever had. What this company, what EDA did for this young four-year-old um, who you know, is in remission right now with cancer, um, but that's what he wanted to be. He didn't want to go to Disney World. He didn't want to go to Hawaii like other kids. He wanted to be a construction worker for the day. And what this company uh, did for him was something short of unbelievable. Um, I, I never experienced something to the level of detail that we all did to put a smile and to make this kid's day just a little bit brighter and his parents who they've been, so, been, uh, been through so much. Um, and that's that the realness, the genuineness of EDA, and, and, and is is so amazing, and has really been um, eye opening for me, and, and and truly touching.
0: I feel it. I feel it. We're about to land the plane. Let me share this comment in the chat room. And then I have one more exercise for you. It says, yeah. "How
1: impressive!
0: I'm lucky if I can get my dog to sit and give a paw. The, <laughs> t- the treats help too." <laughs> Tim. Here we go. Um, I'm a speaker, I've seen you speak, present. We've even worked together on the stage, working with clients. Um, This part of the, the, the show, I ask that our guests make a 30 second keynote presentation or a mini keynote where you come from the heart and share your call to action. What do you want people to think, to feel, to believe? You have 30 seconds considering where we are and where we're going, where you want us to go. I want you to put on your wow hat, your mayor hat, your Tim, the sibling, the father, the son, the husband. 30 seconds, your mini keynote starts now.
1: It's very simple. Um, Never that I think I was gonna work in banking or self-storage or even construction. Um, I hated numbers. I didn't know what self-storage really was. And I'm so far away from being uh, handy that working at construction, my family laughed at me. But it's all about taking advantage of the opportunity in front of you. And that doors open unexpectedly. unexpectedly and don't be afraid to walk in them because you never know where that's going to take you. And ultimately, um, it's going to take you and could take you down a path that Is going to expose you to wonderful people, wonderful experiences, and have an impact on others. And to me, there's nothing better than that, having an impact on others and helping others and helping their lives be a little bit better. Because at the same time, they're making your life better. And if you can put a smile on someone's face, truly, there isn't anything better in my book than that. But sometimes the door opens up that you weren't expecting. Or something happens that you really wanted, and it didn't work out. But then the next day, something opens for you. Walk through it. Most times, you don't have anything to lose. And if you walk through that, your life could be forever changed. And more importantly, you could forever change someone else's life.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Tim just dropped the mic. The theme, I guess you can say for today, was making other people's life better creating experiences for others walking running through that door and you never know what might happen tim killian super tim more than thank you for coming through i don't know how you wear both those hats but you get it done and for those of you who are watching we did it again we did it again we'll see you next week and don't forget you've just been gym packed